Do you ever look at someone and wonder, what's going on in their head? I'm John Hodgman. I'm Justin Long. And welcome to The 250, your weekly or fortnightly movie podcast looking at the top 250 movies of all time. This week we're talking about... Inside Out. Which is a Pixar film uh, released in 2015, uh, which is currently in the top 150 movies ever made as voted for by IMDb users. So we're going to talk a bit in general about the film, then we're going to talk a bit more specifically about the film. Uh, but just in general, Andrew, do you like this film? I do. I do. I quite, I, this is, I believe, the second time I've watched this movie. I saw it for the first time in, in Sligo with my family. It was Aww. a big success. It's funny you should mention that. I've seen this movie three times. First time I saw it with a with a friend. That did not go well. Second time I saw it with a... Friendship a, Island. Friendship <laughs> Island just collapsed <laughs> under, under the weight. Um, second time I saw it, I, I watched it with the family as the Mooney Family Christmas movie. Family Island stayed intact. No, no, it didn't. I, I, I was banking on it being like a... a oh, that's right. You don't remember? I, I, yeah, we... Um... We were um, at a Mooney um, family party um, la- last last weekend. And it we makes did, it sound we... like it sound like a cult. It makes it sound An like an MFB a... as yeah. opposed to um, MMM. MMM, <laughs> which is uh, what was this um, Mooney Movie Madness? Yeah, yeah. There were there were there was there were there were, there was some disappointing, unfulfilling movie Mooney Movie Madness when when. When you decide one Christmas to, to, to show this to the Mooney family. Yeah. I'm surprised. I was surprised too, because I thought it, it's the perfect family movie. It's funny. It's witty. It's emotional. It's clever. It's easy to follow. It moves very quickly. It's bright and it's colorful. I figure that's everything that you need in like a, a movie that you watch on Christmas night. For all ages. For all ages as well. Uh, and it did not go down well at Christmas, which is... Even which... something in there for teens. Yeah. Well, it went down. It went down very well with my younger sister and my mother, but everybody else absolutely hated it, which which astounded me. Although to give to give a sense of scale, like the the Mooney Family Christmas movie slot traditionally favors Christopher Nolan. Whenever Christopher Nolan releases a good film, or whenever Christopher Nolan releases a film, it tends to go down very well. I think in that those film. are the same thing. Those are mostly the same thing. Um, sorry, Insomnia, but yeah, those are like they. Oh, really? I like Insomnia, but it's not, it's very much like a second, it's the only second tier Nolan film. It's like very lonely by itself. Am I, am I thinking of the same movie? That's, that's the one with Robert De Niro and... No, Al Pacino. Oh, sorry, Al Pacino. (laughs) Al Pacino. uh, Uh, Hilary Swank. Hilary Swank. And Robin Williams. And Robin Williams. Yeah, and Robin Williams is great and Al Pacino gives probably the best performance he's given since 2000. But yeah, it's it's not great. So welcome it's not to the as ins- much shouting in that one. No, because he's he's not sleeping at all. Welcome to the Insomnia movie podcast. But uh, yeah, traditionally in the Mooney family, I'm lacking sleep. <laughs> Hua! <laughs> heard you got a great rest, <laughs> and I got your eyes all the way shut. But okay. uh, <coughs> uh, back to Inside Out. Back to Inside Out, which which didn't go down quite as well as um, um, I may have thrown out my vocal cords. Doing my Al Pacino impression. It was bound to happen sometime. <coughs> Don't worry, I'll, I'll 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 take the reins. So we're we're introduced first to Joy. Joy is played by Amy Poehler. She's the first emotion that we see, she, which is surprising. Although she is the central character to this movie, so not so much. No. But is that really the first uh, when you're when you're a child emotion you have? as... as isn't the first thing that you feel like? Now I suppose this is we, we're going to get into thorny territory here when I suggest that the first thing you feel as a child is the doctor slapping your back or your bottom yeah, to make you breathe. It's probably a mixture of disgust, sadness, and fear. Uh, fear. It's like, what the um, hell is this? This didn't happen. Anger. A, yeah, this didn't happen a moment ago. 
Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I suspect joy arrives. Joy is probably the last emotion to arrive. I would have expected. Yeah. When, 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 when babies smile, it's generally that they've got gas, isn't it? Or, or, or they're about to fart or something. Yeah. Baby smiling is generally a bad sign because it, it suggests that something horrible is coming. Yeah. Uh, it's it's always it always seems sort of passive aggressive. It's like I'm creating a problem you're going to have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, um, so... Neither yeah. us are fathers. We should, we, should be, we should be very clear on this point. We're just talking secondhand about this. But it is. So let's talk a bit about the high concept of Inside Out. Right? Yeah. Because Inside Out is, it's a very, it's one of the interesting Pixar films. And that's the one that it's not necessarily the most sort of uh, standard conventional family film. It's not like, say, The Good Dinosaur. It's not even like, say, Toy Story. Or um, it's not like Up. It's more like something like, say, Wally. Where it, it's got a concept that is actually quite interesting, quite difficult to explain, but which I think the film handles very well. So the basic concept is that the film takes place primarily inside the head of Riley, who is an 11-year-old girl. Um, and it basically explores the workings of her mind through uh, a series of five emotions. So there's joy, sadness, anger, fear, and disgust. And these, these five emotions basically control or sort of affect how Riley perceives the world and how Riley interacts with the world. And then there's there's other stuff like we get into how Riley stores memory, how her personality is sort of formed through memory and through sort of core concepts and, and fundamental principles like, say, the, the islands of like friendship and honesty yeah. and, and goofball island. Each, sort of each memory is tinged by one of these uh, emotions. So um, there are happy memories and sad yeah, memories. And each, so each core emotion forms a um, an aspect of her personality, which are these islands. Yeah. So her memory of playing hockey inspires Hockey Island. Her memory of like playing with her parents inspires Goofball Island. Play, playing sort of like a monkey with her with her family members inspires Goofball Island. Friendship her, Island. Yeah, which is skipping and walking with her young friend back in Minnesota. Like, Honesty <clears throat> Island, which seems to be like having a having a, a hammer and a plate. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm going to be honest. Honesty honest, Island is is uh, means a little less. Honesty Island, yeah. Like I, I suspect not doing it island would have probably been a much better island to have formed. Yeah. Because it seems like she, like, it's not like she dropped the plate and it's sort of going, yeah, it's like, no, no, she has a hammer and she smashed a plate. And Honesty Island is like, yeah, I did it. Yeah, um, Darren's the kind of child who who didn't require honesty um, <laughs> because, because because he 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 never had to fess up for doing anything bad. Um, uh, Darren Dar, Dar also um, has has said in a previous uh, podcast that he never wanted to run away from home. <laughs> that, so yeah, that, that that he would run to home. Yeah, he didn't even want to go on uh, summer camp. Yeah, I really didn't want to go to summer camp. That's that's yeah, that's sort of like so some again an, an, another childhood movie that maybe maybe parts of it Darren doesn't identify. Darren relates to in the abstract. Well, let's let's sort of like let's let's talk about this in the broadest possible sense because because um, it is fascinating. Like it, it's it's a very it's a very intricate and very like there's a lot of what we what we would call world building if it was a science fiction film yeah. in terms of like the workings of her head, but it's also very intuitive. Like, one of the things I really like about Inside Out is it's very easy to follow what's happening and why it's happening. Yeah. Even if, like, it's it's dealing with abstract concepts. And it literally deals with abstract concepts at one stage. Yeah. But it, it, it's very it's very organic and it flows very naturally. And, I mean, it, it's also, it's funny and it's an adventure film. It's a very straightforward sort of narrative in that, like, at one stage, two of her core emotions get lost and it becomes a journey trying to get back to the core Whoa. of... 
Yeah, well, more slow down. I know. The, well, we're just talking about general terms before we're talking about a bit more depth in the spoiler zone. But it becomes this sort of road movie through Riley's personality, um, and it, it's a very like even if you're not invested in the mechanics and the psycho the psychology of it, it's very easy to follow because it's like well, these two characters need to get back home in order to stop something bad happening, which is a very simple and very straightforward story, I think. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why it works as well as it does. Yeah, and, and there's 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 room in this very simple story for a lot of really clever... Yeah. Um, um, and um, Well, clever jokes, but clever observations as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it, it's a movie that says a lot in that sort of... Like, it's a cliche to say, this movie has important things to say. But I, I think Inside Out actually does have things that are important for kids oh, to yeah. hear and things and, that are important and, for adults to hear, but in a way that's that's never preachy. Yeah, absolutely, and and um, important lessons that that haven't become over preached either. That yeah. that uh, that that perhaps we're not used to to seeing, and I think that that's 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 a very um, how should I say refreshing thing about recent movies coming out of Disney and coming out of Pixar is is that there's an exploration of difficult topics that maybe have not really been um, touched upon before in in, in in a lot of these um, Disney uh, movies, Disney. especially. Yeah, well, I mean... Like, think, think of um, uh, Frozen, where a lot of a lot of discussion of that was that it was a, a, a treatment of... Um, uh, Depression, isn't it? So, or, yeah. so, or anxiety. That's, that, that was not, not, not really something that... That had been explored, or certainly not in in, in as much um, depth or intelligence um, in 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 what in, in what was a kids movie before. Yeah, well, I mean, like Pixar have a very long history of, of doing this sort of thing. So, for like for example, Toy Story is very much it's a story dealing with divorce. Like it's it's a it's an allegory for dealing with divorce, or even dealing with being replaced in in a child's life. You've got like stuff like Monsters Inc., which is is a story about like parenting and about not hating the other and you know not giving in to fear and so that you're finding Nemo which is this sort of very basic fear of parental separation and anxiety but it's told from the perspective of the parent rather than the child so it's the idea that the child leaving the parent is as traumatizing as the the parent leaving the child which which is sort of like an interesting approach to a family movie you've got the Incredibles which is like this story about like midlife depression and sort of like lack of fulfillment and sort of depression basically I think the Incredibles I um I'm not surprised the extent to which The Incredibles has kind of disappeared almost from um, really from discussion. Yeah, be, be, because while 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 I enjoyed it and watching it again, it 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 stands up. But it, it's 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 so unusual. Yeah. In 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 terms of a family movie. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't really. You could accuse it of not really knowing its audience, in spite of how much fun there is in that movie and and how great it looks and how um in some ways memorable it is it's a very it's a very difficult sell as oh, a, it is. It, it's it's a it's a movie it's, that... it's it's like a bond movie except it's darker <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's, it's also for kids yeah but it's it... it's 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 a very 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 strange movie is incredible well i mean like one of the things that that said about the incredibles is the best adaptation of watchmen that's ever been made yeah, and, and keep in mind, Watchmen is an over 18s graphic novel or, or film. Yeah, it's like it is a it's a story basically about middle age, which is odd for a family film. And then you have stuff like say Wally, for example, which is about like loneliness and isolation. Up, which is about like grief and loss when you're you're an old person. Like these are th- themes that are not necessarily very family friendly. They're not what you were conventionally used to 
when you talk about family films where like it's like you know it, it's you you gotta save x you gotta save the princess you gotta be yourself like these 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 are movies more for the family than for than for children, for children. Yeah. which i think is like, a good thing rat- ratatouille yeah what what in the heck that, i like that movie <laughs> it's about a rat learning to cook I, I, um, and, and, I mean, it's about movie. other things as well. Yeah. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a sick summary of the plot. But I mean, here's the thing. What, what made Inside Out so special to me when I was watching it was it came after a run of... It was basically after Pixar were bought by Disney. Yeah. And you can sort of see immediately the... Because um, the, the reason that they bought Disney was because there was an argument over Toy Story 3 um, or Toy Story 2. But there, there was this sort of like immediately after... Disney bought Pixar, there was this sort of alignment of Pixar's values where you got a range of films like you got, say, Cars 2, which is is the most bland and generic children's film about how you have to love your friends, even if they're a little bit racist and obnoxious and have no control uh, and cause you constant embarrassment and endanger yourself and others. The key thing is to stand by your friends no matter what, which is a very children's film moral. You had stuff like Brave, which is don't talk back to your parents or one of them will get turned into a bear, which is, you know, kind of more of a conventional children's film narrative. Wasn't Brave the movie as well where where the central character was kind of Disneyfied oh, gradually? She was. Yeah. yeah. Um, she had to learn to be a princess, uh, which was, you know, the typical Disney narrative, I think. Yeah. And stuff like... But most... like a, a lot of the portrayal of that character, it started out as, 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 as quite a real sort of uh, relatable yeah. um, Di- Disney princess. And, and as it went on, they started to kind of, in some of the merchandising, sort Make of just Make her more to, conventional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think that what made Inside Out so refreshing was that it came after, after that string of like sequels and, and sort of very Disney films, it was a very old school Pixar film. It sort of harked back to stuff like The Incredibles and it harked back to stuff like Wally because it is... It's a film about, and I don't, I don't want to, don't want to talk too spoilery about it, but it's a film that's basically about how emotions are not necessarily inherently good or bad. Yeah, uh, and it's okay to feel, to feel things that other movies tell you it's not good to feel. Like it's okay to be sad sometimes. It's okay to be a little bit afraid. It's okay to be a little bit angry. These are not bad or shameful things, which is is something that like kids entertainment doesn't always get or hasn't always got. Yeah. And that's sort of why I think Inside Out sort of spoke to me, um, which is ironic given that you you frequently joke on the podcast about how Darren's attitude is that fear, sadness, and anger should never happen. Exactly. Um, so if Darren, it, Darren Darren feels like fear, ang- <laughs> anger, and sadness could and be disgust, could yeah. be replaced by wings, <laughs> uh, popcorn, <laughs> and, <laughs> and a good home entertainment system. Good home entertainment system. Yeah, inside Darren's head, there are currently five versions of joy who have basically <laughs> locked the other four uh, the and, other four emotions up, and they're all as avoidant <laughs> yeah. of each other as well. It's fantastic. <laughs> but uh, all right, well before tweet 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 at the the podcast to tell me to stop picking on Darren. <laughs> I sort of brought that on myself, to be fair. Um, <laughs> all right, before we jump into the spoiler zone, then. So, uh, first of all, first of all, Andrew, what emotions do you think are are in control of your head? Like, because when you look inside people's head and inside out, there's always one emotion that, that that's at the core. So for Riley, it's it's joy. For her mother, it's uh, sadness. For her father, it's anger. What is what is like? What do you think is the core emotion that drives you? If if your head had those five figures in it, which one would be sitting at the middle of the table? I don't know if I don't I don't know if my main motivators are 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 necessarily 
uh, ones that exist too strongly in 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 the head of an eleven year old girl. But um, the I I, I would generalize say, if you will. Um, <laughs> um I um well um, I I I I am not and I've never been an eleven year old girl. I would say they're quite I I think I think I'm fairly appetitive. I I I I think a lot about food and and things in in that sort of um so we'll go we'll go with food joy food joy is at the center of andrew's control uh yeah yeah, yeah. Um, let's go with that. raging id raging uh, id and maybe i'm being unfair on myself i i think um i think i think sadness is important but i also know that i that i um have to kind of um that it's something personally for myself that 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 I need to kind of rein in. Um, I think I think I'm I'm not I'm not a particularly angry person. I think people uh, will get generally get very worried if if, if, you if, get if, angry. if 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 I get angry. Unless, unless, unless we wouldn't it, like you when you're angry. Yeah, either. unless it's food related, in which case they're they're <laughs> um, it's it's quite expected. People are like, oh, has he been fed yet? Um, yeah. that will placate him. Placate yeah, yeah, the beast. yeah. I think I'm I'm I, I'm much more like an eleven year old boy, as depicted in the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where 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 is it? <laughs> girls, girls, girls. <laughs> Panic! Red alert! Red alert! Red alert! Um, all right then. So with that in mind, would you first of all do you think it belongs on two fifty? Yes. Yeah, I do. Cool. Um, absolutely. And would you recommend watching it? I would. I would. If um, I, li- I like the idea that there's a situation where the answer to the first question is yes, and the answer to the second question is no. <laughs> it's like this movie definitely belongs in the top 250 well, movies of all I've, time, but you should never watch I just, it. It just occurred to me the other day. I've never voted on a movie <laughs> on IMDb ever. Um, so, yeah, listen listen to our IMDb 250 podcast. <laughs> where, where Andrew has never actually not care. Yeah, not at all. Completely uh, apathetic. Yeah. I mean th- this this is this is a good movie for I can I can't I can't think of a situation where 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 this mo- movie wouldn't be um uh, appropriate really. Yeah. I swear, um I mean apart from Mooney Family Christmas. Apart from Mooney Family Christmas. But um at least, that was that was about 60% successful anyway. It was just that No, it no, was, it's it's a bigger crowd. So it was. Oh, we're talking. It was about maybe twenty twenty five percent successful. Oh gosh! Yeah, that, so it, was, it was a massacre. So it was you, your sister, and, and your mother versus uh, my father, my maybe aunts and uncles. 80, uh, <laughs> yeah, fifteen other people. Yeah. Okay. Tough crowd. Very yeah. very tough room. They seem so nice. Yeah, Pete's Dragon worked very well this year. What's Pete's Dragon? Pete's Dragon is the Disney remake of the uh, classic forgotten animated film uh, starring Robert Redford and Wes Bentley and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and uh, Carl Urban. It's about a dragon in the woods. All those titans. Yes. Uh, I can't believe that I remember queuing overnight to see the new Carl Urban movie. (laughs) I'm sorry. I love Carl Urban. I really do. Dread is great. Right. I'm I'm glad to see Robert Redford still alive. (laughs) 2016 didn't take him away. But 2017. But uh, who knows? 2017 is shaping up to be a much better year, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, th- I think our I think our sadness may be taking a lot. Well, crying helps me slow down and obsess over the weight of life's problems. Yeah, Andrew was taking a lot of notes when sadness was talking. It was very disconcerting. <laughs> <laughs> 
What was what was the other one that you um you have you have another favorite expression which which sadness didn't use but I was thinking I was waiting for sadness to say it. it's like it's nothing but tears in this valley of weeping and wailing. <laughs> uh, some 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 combination of those words, yeah. All right. Well, with that in mind, then let us segue neatly into the spoiler zone. So we'll talk about it in a bit more depth. If you haven't seen the movie already, go see it. Uh, not that I think there are too many spoilers to be had. Uh, but we, we both wholeheartedly recommend it. All right, with that we've in mind... We've already spoken about the themes. I don't we, know we, what... <laughs> what we're actually going to talk about. So, oh, next anyway. week. Yeah, <laughs> next week on the, on the 250. All right, take it easy. We're going to we'll be back after the spoiler zone. Spoiler zone! All right, Andrew. So, what was the movie about for you? Um, I see that you've written down the word pizza. Oh. <laughs> the, no, so Andrew's notes are, are only partially visible to me, so I zero in on the word that sort of jumps out at me. Exactly. The, it's um, it's uh, Hopefully will be a recurring theme of, of the 250 um, of, <laughs> of pizza as a solution to, to all of life's problems. Yeah. Keep in mind that we, we, recorded, we recorded a podcast earlier this week that's gone out already by the time we're recording this. That's right, yeah. Uh, is that we, Ma- Ma- Manchester by the Sea? It is Manchester by the Sea, which will give away when we recorded this. Andrew damn it. but uh, yeah we we were talking in that podcast about the joys of pizza as a bomb for all of life Manchester by the sea too Manchester even more by the sea yeah the bustling the bustling I hate to think what suffering Manchester by the sea too would inflict upon its characters because you'd have to escalate well you you'd have you'd find out how maladjusted Patrick has become <laughs> because his entire school was killed in some sort of horror anyway anyway uh, let's not get bogged down. Pizza as a bomb for Bowling all of Green. Us. Yes, the massacre of Bowling Green, uh, which also dates the podcast. But uh, we're talking anyway about pizza as yes. a bomb for all of life's problems, yeah. as it is suggested inside. Unless of you live in San Francisco or Hawaii, yeah, which have ruined pizza. Who puts broccoli on pizza? Who puts pineapple on pizza? Pepperoni. It, it should be a meat-based product, which, in fairness, is my general attitude towards food in general. But anyway, what is aside from pizza? What would you say is the core theme of Inside Out? Um, yeah, it's 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 acknowledging um, emotions, and I think what Darren said already outside of the spoiler zone, which which was very out of order, completely uh, out of bounds. I completely out of bounds. That that um, that emotions are neither right nor wrong, and that movies, and I I think a certain kind of uh, dominant portion of culture in general, and it comes from from. America, I think, is is generally the perception anyway, of 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 this um, idea uh, that you have to be happy all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's the American dream is the the pursuit of life, uh, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah, I like that. The pursuit of the pursuit of happiness because we can't promise you happiness because that would be crazy. The pursuit of happiness, though, yeah. that's something that you can do until you die. <laughs> yeah. You may not catch it, but keep chasing that fox. Yeah, we'll 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 be we'll be counting our money. Yeah. You'll be pursuing your happiness. See how you do. <laughs> See We're how doing we do. Just fine. <laughs> Andrew may be very cynical this weather, but it, it is. I think I think there's there is something to be said for that because it's it's the idea of like the idea that you send a message that you should be happy all the time, and yeah. that like a person who is not happy is not successful. Yeah, there. It's 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 even um, suggested by the. Um, and it's the way that, it's the way that people talk to children. It's the way that people talk to friends yeah. in in this uh, in in these kind of platitudes. Like it's okay, it's all right. You're 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 going to be fine. Everything, everything. everything's all right. I'm quite fond of um, all will be well. Yeah, and um, there's there's a moment where the the central character Riley 
Well, she she's she's just moved from Minnesota? Minnesota. Yeah. Um, and she's not feeling too hot about it, and there are reasons for that. And joy, which had been a dominant emotion of this very joyful childhood, is starting to lose control of the room. And yeah. and the other emotions of anger, sadness, disgust, and, and fear, fear. Are, are are taking over. And then the Riley's in bed. All of these negative thoughts are running through her mind, and her mother comes in and says, "How great she's being." And how um, how tough it is for her father. How, to- how tough it is for her father, and how they have to be happy for daddy. They have basically. to keep smiling. Keep smiling for daddy, which 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 is. Which, I mean, it's a it's a it's a selfless kind of um, positive sentiment, but there's a question, I guess, about how helpful that sort of uh, avoidance is, because that, that's very much the way joy. Um, approaches the world, things. Yeah, yeah it's it's kind of like okay, gonna put you over there in the corner. Draw a little um, circle around a space where sadness can stand. Yeah, yeah, we don't. Where she can't touch anything. Exactly. Like it's, very important work. Very important busy work for you while I'm taking care of everything. To be fair, it's exactly what she does on the first day of school. Is she does it to all the other emotions as well? She's like she asks, you know, anger to go and unload the the train of thought. She asks uh, fear to busy himself by coming up with a list of everything that could go wrong. Which, by the way. Asking fear to come up with a list of everything to go wrong is not necessarily the best plan, but it, it gets her it gets him out of her hair for the short while. She asks Disgust to come up with ideas about how to be cool, but all she's doing is she's keeping them all busy so she can have control of, of Riley in the short term. Yeah. Like it's very much she's putting off these ideas, and these ideas all come back to bite her, uh, or to bite Riley. Because yeah. when she puts them off, fear comes back with a big stack of paper that leads to her panicking when the teacher asks her a question. Disgust comes back with a list of how to impress the cool kids, which makes her self-conscious. Fear touches the emotions, which turns them to sadness. And, and basically everything that can this go wrong... sadness. Sorry, sadness touches the emotions that turns them to sadness, sorry. Um, and, and basically everything goes... Everything that can go wrong does go wrong. Fear, fear, fear is always reading the newspaper. Oh, anger is always reading the newspaper. Oh, <laughs> we're both doing it. We are both doing it. We, we both like fear, it seems. <laughs> uh, no fear of failure here. But, uh, yeah, there, there is this sense that, like, Joy... Like, one of the things I like more than any other character, like, Joy is the character who seems deeply flawed. Of all the oh, emotions, yeah. like, Joy is the most flawed one because Joy is the selfish one of all, of all the... And she hates the loss of control. Yeah, and she, she very clearly, like... She bottles it up, she doesn't express it, but she clearly resents sadness. She very clearly resents sadness to the point where she yeah. marginalizes her, tries to isolate her. She treats sadness as a problem to be fixed. She says, um, yeah, she says, we don't really know why sadness is... Uh, we can't get but rid of her. But it's fine. Yeah, but it's we, fine. We can't get rid of her. I looked into it. Yeah. yeah. But she's here. But she, Which, and, and, it's, and it's fine. And yeah. it's fine. Uh, everything uh, <laughs> is fine. <laughs> not, that, not that, you know, I tried to get rid of her, just to be clear of that. Um, <laughs> like, this is not my fault that this is happening. But even at the climax, there's a bit where she's trying to get back to the, the control center or to headquarters. Yeah. And she lets herself into the tube. And when sadness tries to climb in with her, she realizes that the emotions might get tainted. So her first response is to kick sadness away and to say, look, you've got to stay here lost. Yeah. I've got to get I'm back. I'm sorry, I've got to go. I've got yeah. to go, yeah. This is more, imp- it's more important that I get back than we get back together. Yeah. Um, and there is, the, I think that's a very interesting approach to take to Joy because as you said, like this myth of, of like the pursuit of happiness, this idea that you have to be happy all the time. Well, like, I, th- I think it's interesting as well because the blind pursuit of happiness and the need to have control and to avoid diverting your mind into anything other than than happiness than, 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 than happiness actually 
can prevent happiness from from taking root. Yeah, in any meaningful genuine, way. Yeah, yeah. as as in, um, if you haven't dealt with the sadness and fear and 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 anger um, that you have, then then your then joy is more superficial. Exactly, and your joy won't be um, rich as and deep. Exactly, when 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 it is felt. No, it is. Um, and I think one of the interesting things that sort of happens towards the end of the film is this notion that memories and, and attitudes are not simply the five emotions. They're not simply fearful or disgusting or angry or joyful or sad. They are, in fact, they can be mixtures. So it is possible yeah. for a memory to be both sad and happy at the same time. It happens at the end of the movie yeah. where... And it's after Joy discovers that sadness that, serves a purpose. Yeah, and that one of the core memories of 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 Joy that relates to her her key personality trait of her love for hockey, is, that, that 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 came out of a a sad moment. Yeah, and it is, and it's it's something that I think it's very important to tell. Well, first of all, I think it's important to tell adults in this day and age. Like I feel like oddly enough, it's a children's movie where like even adults watching it can take something away from it. Yeah. Like, um, and I feel like there are adults and people, even that you and I know, um, or whoever, or even people that I think anybody knows who, who could perhaps do to learn or people, to accept this. People that both you and I know is, is a very small <laughs> very group. Very precise. It is. Sorry. I wasn't thinking of anybody in particular. But people <laughs> that anybody knows. I think that anybody watching the film knows at least one adult who could maybe perhaps adjust or learn something from that. Oh, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> no, no. I'm we're not, We're not actually talking about anybody. <laughs> And that was some very bad phrasing on my part. Like, <laughs> um, it was a good catch. But no, I think that like it is a children's movie that I think even adults can watch and learn something from, which is, is remarkable. I think it's something that's masculine already. I think it's something that kids, kids really need to learn as well. Because telling a kid that they have to be happy or they have to smile or yeah. they have to like, is not healthy. It's the same thing as like telling a child they have to succeed. Like you're not, you're not going to give a child a healthy set of expectations or a healthy understanding of the world you're going to, I would argue, stump them. I think, uh, yeah. Have we seen people where parents like, have picked on realistic expectations on kids? Exactly. It, it, they, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not a parent. No, uh, neither but, of us are parents. But I'm, 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 a, I'm a person, sort of. <laughs> I, I, I've, 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 and I've, we know people who have been parented, including yeah, ourselves. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think it's an, an important lesson is, is how to, how to deal with sadness. Yeah. It's not, Learning not to be sad. It's learning how to cope with uh, with sadness. Yeah. And how 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 to allow um, it to enrich your life because I believe it can, rather than debilitate you. And yeah. I I think I think that some some of the um, attendant problems that people have with emotions is a difficulty to to process them, rather than a. Rather than the emotions themselves being bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's interesting that you single out, so that we're talking about sadness as this. Um, I haven't done as much research in the film as I would like this week, but did you know that the original drafts of the film, which were in work since, in, in sort of... In, devel- in, in, in development for a while, yeah. I it remember was. in 2012 hearing Amy Poehler talk about it. She was yeah. asked, like, what kind of projects are you working on? And she was like, oh, I'm playing Joy in a movie. And I was like, what? Yeah. And anyway, I'm sorry. But apparently, yeah, it was a very long development cycle uh, because originally the plan was for there was always going to be a story about the emotions getting banished and trying to find their way back. And Joy was always going to be the center of the film and Amy Poehler was always going to be the center of the film. But the original plan was for Joy to be stranded with fear. Yeah. Because they thought that, well, first of all, they they, they studied a bunch of it came from Pete Docter, the director. 
He remembered in his own childhood feeling isolated and withdrawn and sad and having nobody tell him that basically that his sadness was okay. Um, yeah. And what that meant to him. And then he watched his daughter grow up and he watched his daughter go through the same thing. And he thought, it so, he thought that like somebody should tell children that it's okay to feel like ne- emotions that we consider to be negative in society. Yeah. Um, and so basically he, he did a bit of reading up on psychology and discovered six emotions. So there was a school of thought that read that there are, there are basically six formative emotions in a child's life. So there are the five that appear in the film plus surprise. Uh, the first stage of development for the film was to cut surprise because the argument was that surprise was just a subset of joy and fear. Like a surprise is good or a surprise is bad. A surprise is, is it's hard to get a concept of a surprise of itself, if that makes sense. So that was the first streamline we did. Second streamline we did was the original plot was going to be that joy would be stranded with fear. And in fact, actually, I believe fear was the first emotion that they cast because Bill Hader, who was a big fan of Pixar, Apparently did a tour of the studio and spent a week with them just looking at sort of how they work and basically blagged his way into getting a role in their latest project. What do you think of Bill Hader in this movie? I think he's grand. I think, I think he's grand. I, I'm, I think they made the right decision not to... Not, not, not to focus on him. Yeah, not to focus on him. Because I, I think it was one of, one of the... I think, um, I think the three strongest um, emotions in this, in this movie in terms of their performance um, are joy, sadness, and anger. <laughs> You're just a big Lewis Black fan. Oh, yeah. I mean, Lewis Black is terrific. No, I like Bill Hader um, in, 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 in a number of things. Um, it's, it's may, maybe, yeah, maybe he wasn't given enough, um, but it, yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I, think, I, think it was, I think it was a good idea. To, to, um, mar- to basically to, to replace him with sadness. Yeah. Because it was actually, it was through Hader that they got uh, Polar, because through Saturday Night Live. Of course. They weren't able to, they they asked him to call her. Because again, this is like, watching the film, it's it's very easy to understand what it's about. But as a concept, it's like trying to explain Inside Out in, in words um, is, is very difficult. Like trying to explain Inside Out in terms of like, a, B, C, D, plot elements and these things fit together makes it sound like some sort of weird 70s drug trippy science fiction film. So they were worried when they wanted Amy Poehler because they always wanted Amy Poehler for the role. They are worried that they'd have difficulty explaining it. So they got Bill Hader to call her up and basically pitch it to her and she said yes immediately, which was very, very cool. And apparently Mindy Kaling then also said yes immediately. Um, she's disgusted. But yeah, it is, it is the idea of making sadness the center of the story. Um, came from apparently Doctor was... They were having trouble breaking the story. Yeah. And they difficulty making it work and making it seem invested because they didn't want the film to be... They wanted to deal with sadness, but they didn't want it to be a sad film. They didn't want you to be crying constantly throughout it. Well, I'm not sure they should not accomplish. In that case. Uh, yeah, I, maybe we both cried a little bit. But it, the sadness... Only came, three times. Only, I like that. We'll, go, we'll count through those three times in a moment. Okay. But apparently Doctor was thinking about quitting and he went for a long walk and then he thought about what he'd miss if he quit Pixar and he thought about his friends and basically that sadness brought him back to working on the film. And then he thought, actually, instead of fear, it should be sadness at the core of the film. Yeah. And I think it works very, very well. Like it really does. The actor who plays uh, sadness is, I believe, Phyllis Strong, who actually is probably the Phyllis least... Smith. Phyllis Smith, apologies. See, there we go. Who is the probably the least famous um, of the of the of the sort of actors who play the role? She, uh, people know her from the American Office. And they do indeed. They do indeed. Which is you know um, of of the five hour or the other four actors. Like she was the one I was least familiar with going into the film. 
But I think she gives a tremendous performance. Well, I think I think to be fair, um, the the um, I mean, when in in an animated movie, obviously, it's a combination. The of, performances are a combination of. Uh, it just sounds like a very simple thing yeah, to say, but it's worth of, saying of 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 a voice actor's um, work and also the animators. Um, bringing those to life, bringing those to life, and I thought the the combination of the two, probably for 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 Phyllis's character and also for Lewis Black's character, were 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 perhaps my favorite, yeah. and and also um, we'll we'll probably get to speak about him, uh, Bing, Bing Bong, Bing <laughs> Bong, I th- uh, Richard Kind, who people might know from what was it a Spin serious City? man and Spin City. Yeah. Um, and countless other things. He was, yeah, yeah. he was a fixture of American film and television in the nineties. But um, like, let's talk about the animation a bit because the the animation sort of like when we when we talk about like we talk about Pixar films, there's a tendency to talk about how great they are and how great the voice cast is and how great it is that they deal with these big ideas that family entertainment doesn't normally deal with. But yeah. there's a tendency to gloss over the the sheer technical quality of the animation, which I think is like I think Pixar's technical animation is better than any of the other competitors, so like DreamWorks or oh, Illumination absolutely. Studios or whatever. But one of the things that I like about Inside Out as uh, as a Pixar film is the fact that it's very much influenced by. I, um, by the way, I do quite like Studio Ghibli. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, okay. Well, I, that's sorry. I, I saw about computer generated animation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 it's but. Pixar has always been better than DreamWorks as, oh, far, as far as as far as animation goes. I think. Yeah, and I think it's 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 higher than say Illumination, which I think is Universal's one. That's like the Despicable yeah. Me stuff. But one of the things oh, I really definitely. I like about the design of Inside Out is the fact that it, in contrast to the other Pixar films, um, it's very much influenced by like those nineteen fifties Warner Brothers stuff, like uh, Tex Avery cartoons and stuff like that. Right. So like you can see that in like. Most of the film is set on... Well, obviously, Inside Her Head has a very there, sort of Looney Tunes feel. There's two it. animated movies, yeah. yeah. There's, there's, there's the outside world, which is very much closer to... to our world. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, almost like live action. It's, oh. it's, it's very uh, photorealistic. Well, it's reasonably well, photorealistic. I mean, I mean yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a kind of a cartoon version yeah. of... Yeah, yeah. I mean, the argument is that when... Pixar, well, the reason why Pixar sort of soared ahead when it came to animating human characters, because keep in mind, they waited a while. Like, the human characters in Toy Story were very much secondary. Like, the human characters in A Bug's Life were very much secondary. By the time, it wasn't until, like, uh, it was, like, Up, I'm trying to think, or The Incredibles, that they started actually animating human characters as the yeah. centre of their story. And the reason that they did that, or one of the reasons why they took so long to do that was because computer-generated animation always had trouble doing humans. And one of the issues with that was that originally they tried to make them photorealistic. So do you remember stuff like that Final Fantasy movie? No, I do not. Good, good call. Um, but you end up in this really creepy, uncanny valley sort of effect. Or remember like the, the Robert Zemeckis films, like uh, Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey or uh, Beowulf with uh, Ray Winston. Oh, I'm here to kill your monster. Have it. Yeah. Um, where they try to make the animation look as human-like as possible, which makes it just creepy because it looks dead. Whereas I think Pixar, when they do humans, they make them more cartoony. So like they're more gangly. Like they're they're more gangly. Their it's eyes like are just bigger. the right amount. The, yeah. the, this is quite different to um, the Incredibles. Oh, like, it is, I, yeah. I feel like the 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 um, cartoons in the Incredibles are closer. They're somewhere in between um, the two different types of animation in this movie. Yeah, they're more 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 cartoonish than the than the real the, world than, than the real world that Riley uh, lives in, and and less cartoonish than the. Than the um, world in in that her mind inhabits. 
Yeah. I mean, even in, even in the real world, like there's a sense of that 50s sort of influence at work because it, it's San Francisco. So it has all these sort of smooth lines and these are like the school is this sort of like tall building. And even the bus sign has this sort of, even the, the bus shelter has this sort of 1950s design writing on the outside that looks like it could have been taken from something like, say, Duck Amok or whatever. Well, I, I, I thought the I thought the in, uh, the inside of a mine uh, remind me of all kind of 70s decor, like ah. the, the, the little kind of spinning flowers that that. That took the the the, the memory by raid. Yeah. Oh yeah. And sort of and, and all this sort of stuff. But even the the complicated Rube Goldberg mechanics or stuff like that, they seem like like the the workings of the mind that are designed in ways that are you know make sense, but are not like linearly logical. If that makes sense. So like all the tubes that go where they need to go, but go there by bending and twisting and stuff. They look like something from a Bugs Bunny cartoon, I think. And even like the little uh, the little helpers and stuff, the background extras, they look so sort of like. The minions, which sort of oh, look don't, like don't Marvel talk the Martian. About the minions. We're not going to talk about. That. Okay, but you know what I mean. The guys like. Jeez, the, we just finished watching a good movie. <laughs> but even the guys talking about like I can see it. It says my hat. It's perfect for my Facebook wall. Yeah, it says uh, it says my hat on it. It's my hat. Even those little guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they sort of feel like they came from like a Marvin the Martian style sort of classic cartoon, a retro cartoon. So I, I really adore the animation in it. I really, really, really adore the animation in it. But you wanted to talk about Bing Bong. Yes. So let's Bing talk about Bong, Bing Bong. Who is awesome. He yes. really is. Like, I feel jealous that my imaginary friend... Do you have an imaginary friend as a child? I, I pretended to have one. Oh, but, that's, but, that's kind of sad. That is, that that is, is kind of sad. Because I, I, I didn't... Um, I felt at least like I didn't have friends. So I decided... Aww. Oh, Dar- Darren's hugging me. It feels it feels strange. Yeah, I I I decided that since um, I didn't want people to feel too sorry for me, so I figured I I would tell them that I had an imaginary friend, and then and but then it got to a point where people would ask about my imaginary friend, and I got kind of annoyed at all of the constant questioning. So I said that he died. I think he had some sort of. Some kind cancer? of no, some kind of a flu that came from I don't know somewhere in Asia. That's really brutal. Yeah, yeah. He, he I guess he died like. Um, did, did you in, watch him in, wither away? Like, like a, 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 a sweaty kind of um, spasmic fever ish. Like... Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, with 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 all of his imaginary family surrounding him. Right. Um, yeah. That makes my imaginary friend seem very boring. My, my, Tell us about your actual imaginary friend. My actual imaginary friend was just like grown up me, except he was skinnier and always wore a suit. Yeah. I was like, yeah. He was like, I'm the person you're going to grow up to be, Darren. You're going to be responsible. You're going to be successful. Still time. Still time. You can make it happen. You can make it happen. But uh, yeah, Bing Bong is much cooler than that. Because he is, he's a mixture of, what is he? He's a mixture of a cat, an elephant, a dolphin. Yeah. And candy floss from the looks of it. Yeah. He's made of candy floss and he has, he cries tears and you should really he, try the caramels. He, he, no, he cries he, candy. He cries candy. And you should really try the caramels. It's amazing. It the, really is. And it, here's one of the things, like, this is an example of how well. He's, he, <laughs> he's like, don't I know you? I, I, I think um, Amy, Amy Poehler's uh, character, Joy, says, it's like, don't I know you? And it's like, I look like a lot of people. <laughs> And he's like, oh, he trips and he's like, oh, I, I cry candy. The, 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 or, the bit about, you, I, I know a shortcut. Yeah. Um, <laughs> D-A-N-G-E or shortcut. Um, here's the thing. Right? When, the first time I watched I watched Inside Out, I was actually suspicious of Big Mo. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's weird when you know how his story plays out. But when he first appeared, part of me sort of wondered, is he going to... Because 
Inside Out doesn't have a villain character, which we'll talk about in a second because I really, really like that. But I thought Bing Bong was going to turn out to be like he was going to try and like, remember Toy Story 3? Yes. Remember Lots yeah, of Hog yeah. and Bear? I yeah. sort of figured it was that. Kelsey so- Grammer. Uh, no, that's Toy Story 2 with the prospector. Lots of Hog and Bear oh. is Ned Beatty. Oh, okay. Was it, wasn't, wasn't the prospector a villain in, in the second one? Yeah, Toy Story 2, he was, yeah. Prospector. Oh, okay. You really are, stinky feet. <laughs> um, but the... I'm, I'm bleeding those two movies together. Wait what? a second. No, <laughs> that, uh, I'm, I, I feel like the prospector was from Toy Story 3. No. Let's go to the fact machine. Or you really want to go to the fact machine to check this, Andrew? Yeah, I really do. Okay, fine. Triple No! Machine. I feel like um, Toy Story 2. What do you think Toy Story 2 was about, Andrew? I feel like I saw Toy Story 2 long. There we go. So we're back from the fact machine, and I was right. Stinky Pete the Prospector was from Toy Story 2, not wow. Toy Story 3. Wow, Andrew, it's uncanny. It really is uncanny. Uh, alternative facts. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I kind of suspected when I first watched the movie that Bing Bong was going to basically try and betray joy and sadness in order to get control of, uh, you know, Riley's emotions or headquarters or something. Particularly when he leads them into the into the uh, abstract thought center. Yeah. Because it's so obviously, it's like a big sign that says danger. It's like a shortcut. I take this all the time. <laughs> into this big, empty, vault-like space. And, you- like, they, they, they go through... They they go through the, the the abstract thoughts and there's four stages. Yeah. There's non-objective fragmentation, deconstruction, um, two dimensionality, and uh, non-figurative space. The the which is the kind brilliant. of thing that that kids just love. Kids love abstract because it is like that's that's what's so great about Inside Out is it takes these like highfalutin psychological concepts and sort of like academia speak. And renders them in a way that that's literally adorable in, in yeah. the most literal sense. And then they 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 escape. So for example, it's like fall on your faces. <laughs> yeah, we're trapped <laughs> as two dimensional objects, so they're trying to fit through the doorway. And it's sadness who figures out like we're two dimensional. Exactly. Yeah. And but 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 her tendency anyway is to like <laughs> fall on her faces, face. and she figures it out. Yeah. Well, this is like this is one of the things like Inside Out is a. Ma- meticulously and brilliantly constructed film like even stuff like bing bong crying candy right yeah which seems like a nice clever throwaway detail because it's like you your imaginary friend would totally cry candy if you were that clever but um unlike unlike either of us (laughs) but uh, it actually plays off like later on in the film where they follow the trail of empty candies to find where bing bong is being held by the the clown the clown the clown the creepy clown the creepy clown took him away and and he in, only in, cared about the candy. He only cared about the candy, <laughs> which is one of, one of those lines that is infinitely scarier than it really should be. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, what was the clown doing him doing to him to get the candy? Um, I, being a scary clown, there. <laughs> okay, okay. The, this this was this is after the scene in um, in Dreamland, which is awesome. We both really liked Dreamland. <laughs> Amazing. Which is because we were talking earlier about how Hollywood sort of enforces this idea of like being happy all the time, like, and it's in, in, in sort of like Dreamland then is is rendered in very much in the style of Hollywood as seen through again. I think a nineteen fifties uh, Warner Brothers cartoon. But yeah. You got like the you got the big tower, the water tower in the background. Yeah. You got these big old vintage lots like the kind that you that's 
still exists. You have the movie Starlet, the, yeah, the um, unicorn, rainbow unicorn. Yeah, I, also, I loved you in Prancing Dreams Four. <laughs> so like, my friend, my friend says you're famous. She'd like your autograph. <laughs> but um, or even stuff like the Dream Filter or the terrible acting off the cue cards. Oh yeah, yeah, and but, and uh, we. <laughs> We love the moment when the the ba, ba, yeah where like well you've seen the movie where yeah. where the, where the where the where joy the, joy decides that she'll wake <laughs> Riley up by by having this her. joyful yeah. dog just running through and like licking people's faces and that <laughs> we they get split her too to, yeah. and you have this horrific half dog. <laughs> Chasing, chasing its it, own yeah. chasing its own tail but in a horrific presumably manner presumably trying to eat itself yeah. uh, like what I really like about that sequence is fear fear being on dream duty because like, <laughs> he's sitting there watching it like we would watch a movie and he's like oh let me guess she's not wearing any pants <laughs> you're not wearing any pants that like, called it and he's like he's so completely blasé to the sort of nightmares that Riley has yeah. until Joy comes up with the idea of dressing up like a dog and that splits in half he's like what the hell's going on Speaking speaking of nightmares, there's 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 a lot of casual murder um, in, in oh there really in, is in, in Cloud Town <laughs> yeah. um, and and with and with the Royal Riley's boyfriend yeah two people two people murdered in Cloud Town and and the the, <laughs> the police uh, officers say to her forget it it's Cloud Town yeah forget it Jake it's Cloud Town <laughs> um, and yes yeah the thousands of of Riley's boyfriends that are murdered yeah it's like I would die for you I feel like Joy does make a point to get consent though before she does do you really mean that yeah yeah and he repeats it which I'm not sure is is like consent or a sign that he's not all there mentally <laughs> I'm kind of missing the sequence where, where like when Joy uses those those boyfriends to sort of construct a ladder to bounce off the uh, to bounce off the what you call it uh, trapeze. Um, that you miss the sequence of them all splattering against the rocks. Oh yeah, yeah. You you know you know that they're f- falling to their death. Yeah, if they're lucky. Like yeah. otherwise, they're just hitting rocks. Like it's yeah yeah. Yeah. Joy left a lot, a lot of trail. Joy is not the most caring of uh, of emotions. No, no. <laughs> Joy is 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 is, is very single minded. Yeah, um, like most of the other emotions, but quite ruthless in her application. Oh yeah, uh, which I think she, I I think I think um, which, sadness has a kind of a willingness to engage with mean, others, meaningfully yeah. with 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 others. Well, that's the that moment. she's she's. She's um she's very uh, conciliatory, and not not in a um, perfunctory way. No, in like a genuine way. Well, I mean, yeah. that's the moment where I think Joy and the audience begin to twig because the audience the audience initially sort of looks at it from Joy's point of view, and I think it's very well structured in that regard because we see like we see the consequences of of Sadness's actions being negative in the first half hour or so, yeah. where she turns a core memory sad, or she makes makes Riley kind of cry in class, which is really embarrassing and which obviously sets back her sort of social merging. But it's not until later on where Bing Bong is crying when his cart gets thrown away into the abyss at the center of Riley's mind. When Sadness sits down, when Joy tries to get him to get up, she's like, let's play a game where you point the way to the station and we walk it. It's a great game. Love it. It's fantastic. But it's Sadness who sits down beside Bing Bong and listens to what he has to say. uh, Sadness uh, consoling Bing Bong as his cart drives off the abyss in the center of Riley's mind. <laughs> so, this is the movie we're watching. This is the movie we're watching. <laughs> it leads to those kind of uh, whimsical <laughs> phrases. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but it, it you know, if it, that that's that's what I like. If you try to explain No, absolutely. Try to explain the plot of Inside Out, it sounds completely insane. Or like the work of like a French sort of uh you know, sort of like yeah. a new wave sort of um, 
uh, impressionistic cinema. But in it's very easy to follow. But it's like sadness sits down and listens to what Bing Bong mm. has to say rather than trying to... Joy tries to repress his sadness and tries to get him to push forward and to focus on, on what needs to be done. Where sadness takes the time to sit beside him and say, look, you, you probably had a lot of good times with, with that Yeah, with that it's rocket. really sad, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. And then he he cries it out. Yeah. And, and like I feel like they have a hug and they talk about... They explore that sadness yeah. for just a moment. And, you know, that that can sometimes be all it takes. It's amazing how cathartic yeah. having having a cry and just releasing... Well, accepting it and embracing and ex- it. Yeah. Like, not trying to bury it. Because like, constantly trying to bury it take, takes work and it takes energy and it diverts attention away. Whereas just letting it be... How much work? You're asking me as if I know this, <laughs> Darren is happy all the time. Um, no, Darren. Darren's console is controlled by a constant mix of sadness and fear. Uh, but don't worry, they've employed Joy as propaganda minister. It's fantastic. But um, that's actually kind of sad when I said it like that. I'm sorry. But well, that, that is sad, Darren, isn't it? And now Andrew's trying to hug me. It's it's quite disconcerting. There's a lot of... Uh, this movie's going to make you want to hug people. Yeah. Whether you want to or not, or whether they want to or not. It's going to activate the, the disgust <laughs> in, in your mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's, because obviously, and again, this is another example of how well the film structured, because then at the end, Riley, like, reconciles with her family by letting herself cry. Yeah. She has that conversation with her parents where she says, look, I know you need me to be happy, which is a very mature thing for an 11-year-old to grasp. Like, and, and I don't think it's unreasonable. I think there are 11-year-olds who are smart enough to grasp, but in a film... For an 11-year-old to understand that her happiness, even if her mother literally said that to her, but to understand that her parents need her to be happy. Yeah. Like that, that's a level of awareness of other people that, that's remarkable for a child protagonist in an animated film. Yeah. But it feels and, very real. Oh, very. And, and, and there was something kind of well-meaning about, about the, the mother's kind of exhortation to Riley to, to, yeah. to just kind of keep a stiff upper lip. And maybe maybe no expectation or anticipation of what kind of emotional uh, difficulties that that that, that would yeah no, no. and to the extent that Riley Riley decides to run away from home rather than uh, face up to the emotional yeah of her parents or, or sort of or even like I mean because even her decision to run away from home is is not framed in like a like anger is the driving force there but anger is not acting out of like pettiness or or you know or vindictiveness anger is anger's logic is quite simple for for a childish or very simple emotion which yeah, is like it's we've a great lost, idea we've lost core memories yeah we need to generate core memories where did they come from yeah, we can't do them here we've got no luck doing it here San Francisco um, is 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 it's, a crapshoot. Yeah, it's, it's a failure. Yep, yeah, they managed to ruin pizza. They did. I've uh, there may be bears. I, there was a big hairy man. He looked like a bear, uh, which I love. There's lots of really great throwaway lines in this movie. It's oh, fantastic. Yeah. But Anger's idea is that you go back to Minnesota and you generate the core memories, and that will make everything better. Like Anger's not acting uh, to strike back passive aggressively at the parents. Anger's like, look, we need to be, ha- we need to find a way to replace joy. And it's all very logical. Like, like he says, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll just steal from, um, from, from, <laughs> from, from mom's wallet. And it's like, oh no, you can't do that. And it's like, well, actually they, um, <laughs> they put us, us in a, this problem, uh, in, in, in this mess. It's only fair. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it makes perfect sense that they pay for, pay to get us out. Yeah. Which is like, I, one of the things I really yeah, like about enough. Yeah, and Andrew was very convinced by anger. <laughs> anger made a lot of great points. 
<laughs> but one of the things I do like about it is that it, it does avoid the obvious cliche of having a bad guy. It's one of the rare oh, family yeah. movies that doesn't have a clear antagonist. Like, even even Up, which I love, obviously has the character played by Christopher Plummer, who is, is so obviously evil that, like, he hunts cute, adorable birds. Yeah, whereas, it, was, it was up between him and John Licko. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, whereas on the other hand, like, Inside Out has no bad guy. Everybody is trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And it's just because they don't understand the complexities, the emotions at work, which are not bad of themselves, that bad things yeah. happen. Which... And like the, uh, no, nobody, yeah, that, that, that nobody is a bad person, that yeah. people have their failings. Like, like the, the, the inability of, um, of Riley's father to engage and pay attention <laughs> at <laughs> dinner. Uh, yeah. Um, and but yeah. even then, like his, 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 the voices inside his head are not obviously evil. They're no, just, no, they're, 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 <laughs> they're just, trying. They're just male. <laughs> yeah. Then, um, um, one thing that like, ter- terrific, uh, ter- terrific scene there. Yeah. Um, Which is the like, one they used in the trailer, by the way, because yeah. it, it is such a terrific, uh, He's going to, he eventually goes to DEFCON 2. To put the foot down. Yeah, to put the foot down because Riley's giving him sass and she's sent to her room. And oh. in his in his end, the conclusion is, oh, that could have been a disaster. And then we and, cut to the inside of his, his well, wife's Well, that was a disaster. But it is, it's it's this very wonderful, well-observed comedy as well. Like, um, Come fly with me, Kachina. And even like the little details of it, like the fact that like all, everybody in this movie, even cats and dogs, have those five core personality traits, right? But the insides of every person's head is different. So, for example, because her father's head is dominated by anger, it's got a more militaristic sort of look to it. It's got lots of big screens that flash DEFCON numbers on them and prevent and a sort of overlay information, whereas his wife's head is more traditionally sort of it's dominated S- by sadness. sadness yeah. And so it's more sort of feminine. There's a lot of open space. The boy, the boy she meets at the end, the 11-year-old boy who doesn't know how to react to girls. Oh, it's just, uh, it's, it's dominated it's, by fear, isn't it? Yeah, it's all five flailing emotions going, uh, I think Joy <laughs> looks a little bit confused, but the other four are like, girl, 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 girl. <laughs> no. But it's it's sort of decorated with like death metal posters. <laughs> or when we cut into the head of the cool girl at school, where it's all like dark and they all have fringes and stuff. And it's dominated by disgust. Disgust is like being cool is hard. But, like, there's this level of, like, thought and understanding that goes into making Inside Out, which is just incredible. Like, I can believe... All, all of the newspaper headlines. Oh, there, yeah, Ruth. from the Daily Riley that Angus uh, reading. Golden States. Blue Mood. Replaced. No need for Riley. One of these, the... These, these, these are all the bad news headlines about, like, your friend doesn't need you anymore. Yeah, or how you're feeling when you visit... Or, uh, yeah, or this, uh, this, this state that you've wound up in. Yeah. Is... Uh, <laughs> Here's the thing, actually. I wonder if this is... I suspect this is conscious because it's one of the things I've only picked up this time, right? Which is anger. Yeah. Anger looks a lot like a traditional father figure because he's reading a newspaper and he's wearing a suit and stuff. Oh, yeah. So and and, and, and the, fact, the fact that he, uh, the, the father's mind is, is dominated, dominated by that. Yeah. And the same way that, like, sadness looks a lot like all the figures in her mother's head because even her mother's, like, disgust and joy have that same sort of, like, plumpy shape to them. Yeah. And I'm sort of wondering, like, that's a, it's a very clever touch, and I suspect it is entirely intentional, but I only picked it up now, is the idea that maybe those aspects of, of, of Riley are influenced by her parents very directly or even subconsciously. Yeah. Because um, I do like the idea of anger as her father, because he's the one, he is the only one who reads the newspaper. Um, none of the other characters, like, read the newspaper or wear suits. <laughs> and it sort of, it struck me as an odd thing to have inside an 11-year-old girl's head until I noticed that all of her, her father's, her father's mind 
which are all wearing suits, by the way, and all have mustaches, <laughs> yeah. which are great. Um, her parents are played by Diane Lane and Kyle MacLachlan, actually, which is great casting. Oh, they're, wow. They're both really great. I really like Kyle MacLachlan, actually. I have to say, I'm a big fan of, uh, of, of MacLachlan. And Dune. And Dune. And, and Twin, Twin Peaks. Peaks. You know, there's a, a new version of Dune coming from Denis Villeneuve, the 250s Denis Villeneuve. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I guess we'll have to watch that. <laughs> we will probably end up watching that. But um, let's talk about, we talked a little bit about Bing Bong and Richard Kind. Let's talk about the There's end a, of Bing Bong. Yeah, because at, at one point... Um, it's okay to feel sad, Andrew. Yeah. I, I, there, this was, a, I think, the second time I cried. I think that... Oh, the, wait. So, oh, we're counting through them. So the yeah, first, let, let's, let's... Let's count through the three times that Andrew cried. This, this, this may take some, uh, some time. Um, first time you cried. First time I cried. It was when the first um, island went down. And that was actually the uh, goofball island. Yeah. It's um, it's when the father tries to um tries to sort of do the monkey thing with her as she's leaving for school. That's right. That's right. That that. that oh no, no! Is that when she's leaving for school or when she's uh, upstairs after the after the argument? Um, I think it's upstairs after the argument. Actually, I think he tries to do it again when she's leaving for school when she decides to walk run away. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It um. It's when he's like things got a little out of hand down there. Yeah, and he's 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 trying to he's trying to pander to to to, to that side out, of her, yeah. and then you see you see it fall, and she's she's in bed, and um, it can't can't start it up. Yeah, she's lost that that part of herself, and I I thought that was that um that was very sad. That was that was the first time because this is really this like Inside Out is great fun, but it's also really bleak in places. Oh yeah. Like, like, you get to watch the, the deconstruction of an 11-year-old girl's mind. Because we, we don't expect... In a family movie. Um, well, no, I, I was saying the way, the way the different parts of her personality are slowly dissolved, it doesn't feel like they're going to come back. Yeah. I mean, having watched the movie the first time, and, and maybe the fact that Joy has this bag where she still has the core emotions that make up these... Um, parts of Riley's personality. You have that belief, maybe, that um, that they can be salvaged or brought back. But the way they just kind of fall into yeah, into, into the, the abyss, abyss at yeah. the center of Riley's mind. <laughs> so, second time, the second it? second time crying was as uh, Bing Bong uh, is being forgotten, which He's, is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. There, there's they there's fall a into the before. As Bing Bong is is crying himself, where he says Riley can't be done with me, yeah. and he's he he's crying candy and and sadness is, eventually coming over to 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 console him. This is this is this is a very sad moment. I think for for anyone watching this movie. Um, you must have a black black card if you, if you didn't feel for the end of Bing Bong. You <laughs> um, thought he was just being annoying because it is one of those things that's. Like, because we obviously, you killed your imaginary friend. You murdered your imaginary friend with some sort of Asian flu. Yeah. My imaginary friend just stopped visiting, uh, which makes it even sadder in a way. Yeah. But I think part, yeah, part of I going. I didn't up, cry for for <laughs> for, for, for my own imaginary friend. <laughs> but you cried for Riley's. Oh yeah. But it is, and this is one of the things that is very hard to convey in a family film. But I think it's one of the things that Pixar does very well is it conveys the sense of ending and growing up. Like, there's an argument that one of the big recurring themes of Pixar's work is this idea that you do move past childhood. Like, that it... And it's interesting, because we, we've talked a bit in the podcast about how 
modern pop culture tends to infantilize us and how we like to be infantilized by reliving our childhood, by reliving things that were popular when we were children, like stuff like Bring Back Pokemon, stuff like uh, Jurassic World, stuff like 20-year belated sequels to stuff, like even Bring Back the X-Files, which, you know... Stranger Things. Uh... Yeah, that we sort of, we pander and we try to capture that sense of childhood wonder again. Who's, so, who's responsible for this, Darren? Yeah, is it the studios or is it the, is it the people who... Or is it Darren Mooney? Single-handedly. But one of the things that I do... One of the things that I do like about Pixar's output is that it trends to treat growing up as a natural part of being a person. Like, it treats childhood as something that must end and perhaps something that has value because it must end. So, for example, the toys in Toy Story are the most obvious example because they have to get put away, they have to get given away, they have to get boxed up. And while it's sad and it's heartbreaking... It's just a part, it's a fact of life. It's like, you know, your children will go away and they will leave you. But that's part of what being a parent is in Finding Nemo, for example. Or, you know, all these sorts of examples. I, m- I remember or, one, one, one time as a child, one of these moments where, say, it was probably my, my parents uh, might have been running an errand. And I was, I was in the car. And I just thought to myself for a moment and I realized... There are so many toys that I used to have that I have not seen for a very long time. Oh my God, they're gone forever. I, I, the reason I haven't seen them is because I no longer have these toys. And it, it, was, it, was, one of, it was one of the saddest moments I, I of, love, of, 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 of my life. I love this idea. How old were you at the time? I love this idea of four-year-old Andrew having this profound sort of revelation. I'd say I was about seven or eight. Um, right. the, the, um, I remember that there were... Um, uh, toys from uh, the land before time Aww. that I hadn't seen in a long time and haven't seen since. Third time I cried, by the way. Okay, sorry, to get back on topic. Uh, I think Poor it was around wrong. the time when sadness, joy handed over the, the core memories to sadness. And it's Aww, the moment where cry. where the um, where Riley has come back from, from, from trying, trying to, to run, run away. away. Yeah. yeah. Because it is, it's it's one of the things, because like, it does get incredibly bleak, like the console freezes, and there's a sense that like all the memories are lost, and that Riley, worse than having like, and this this is the thing, like the big fear at the core of Inside Out is not that Riley has negative emotions, or that emotions like anger or fear or disgust are negative. The core fear is that Riley ends up as a person who feels nothing. Yeah. That she ends up that losing her, that spark. Her personality... Is destroyed or obliterated. Yeah. Like, the, the, the problem is not any of these elements of her personality. The problem... The fear is that, like, she can't cope and she becomes this shell of a person. And, like, it gets really, really, really far along that path. Like, the bit where... When when anger tries to pull out the idea and when fear tries to crack with a crowbar, where the console that controls and dictates her emotional responses actually starts rotting. Yeah. Like... Inside out, it, it, it go it goes gray like like all of the memories and uh, that are disappearing and like like the like same the way abyss, Big Bang yeah. did like he fades away and like the yeah. abyss at the center of our mind, uh, which is a great turn of phrase. Thank you, Andrew, for drawing my attention to that. <laughs> but it really does it captures this sort of and it is like it's superbly directed. Uh, it's superbly like all these sequences and all these montages are put together like pitch perfectly. Everything lasts just as long as it needs to to build this sense of mounting dread and fear and yeah like, and at the same it's amazing as well because at the same time that you're like reaching for your handkerchief like I have written down some of the some of the moments where I was very very very, very kind of affected emotionally but right next to them there's all of these fantastic jokes yeah. that 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 like like the the moment on the on the on the train. 
where they knock over two boxes, one with facts and one with opinions. It's like, oh, it's so difficult to tell which is which. And it's uh, Bing Bong's like, oh, don't worry, this always happens. <laughs> uh, or even stuff like at, at the climax. The while... San Fran credit sequence as well. I think we mentioned that with yeah. the dogs and the cats and... And the pizza parlor yeah, worker. Yeah, and uh, the uh, bus driver. and Yeah. <laughs> um, these are my kind of people. Uh, to quote <laughs> anger when he arrives in, in road rage. But I mean, even even stuff like um, at the climax, where you have this stuff where the console's rotting and where everything's falling apart. You even have time then for disgust to use anger like a flamethrower. Yeah. Uh, which is a very clever is, touch, yeah. but it's very funny as well. You, like it, you, you, you enjoyed that. Yeah. You never lose, like, Inside Out is never overwhelmingly depressing or dark. It understands that these emotions play off one another, you know? Yeah. And, I, and I, it, 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 appropriate for a movie like this. Yeah. It's not, it's not that it kind of... It's never dominated by one particular no. emotion. And no, nor, nor, does this, nor does it only hint at sadness. It actually allows you to be sad. And it's, it's, it's 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 a tapestry where 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 all of these emotions are allowed to 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 inhabit almost an equal place yeah yeah this is it's a it's a beautiful movie and i think a very hopeful movie about but 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 it's hope that comes from a much more sustainable place than than what joy initially wants exactly and I think it is. And I think it's very important. Like, I think it is important for kids to learn. But I also think it's important for, like, adults to sort of to, to come to terms as well. Like, I think there are a lot of parents who would wish that their children would be happy all the time, for example. Yeah. And as we talked about at the start of the episode, there's a lot of parents who are, like, who genuinely want their, you know, who believe that, yeah, the important thing is to reinforce to a child you must be happy. Yeah, not important. just happy, but also like um, that your child must be super clever, yeah. and 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 that their child must be successful in every way. Yeah, that they're that they're, that that is very important as as an adult that your child goes to the best possible school and 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 all of these kind of things. Isn't it? It's it's kind of interesting to think about this like coming out in twenty fifteen, right? Which is about the time when sort of social media took over because you have. One of the things that I'm interested in in terms of psychology is this idea that like social media actually makes people more depressed because what you have is you have this filter put on other people's lives. So if you follow somebody on Facebook, you follow somebody on Instagram, you follow somebody on Twitter, what you basically have is joy operating the controls all the time. So you get this constant feed of information from people where you're seeing like the filtered happy memories of their lives with no acceptance of, of any of the other range of emotions. It's like when somebody puts something on Instagram, it's always it's always a perfect something. It's always like the perfect meal. It's always the perfect wedding. It's always the perfect family. It's always the perfectly staged moments, the sort of control moments. And so I was thinking about that when uh, Joy part, was... Part of the fun of Facebook is editing finding somebody who, who's not very good at staging these <laughs> moments. And they're just bullying them off social media. I'm not you're, on Facebook. You're, yeah, exactly. So this like, is like Darren not all, 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 all that Darren has of 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 Facebook are opinion pieces, and, and sort of psychological studies and surveys. Yeah. No, it's just because I was thinking about that when I watched like Joy working the controls and trying to be like, oh look, here's a happy memory. Oh look, here's a happy thing. Can't you remember that time when you did X? Um, and I sort of I was thinking about that. And I was kind of wondering like, it does feel very sort of pertinent. It does feel very sort of like. Of the moment, almost. I mean, there's a timelessness to the story, definitely, because everybody's always been telling kids to be happy. And, like, it's not as if we suddenly, we always thought that, you know, sadness was acceptable or anything like that. But just in terms of the world that we live in, where 
that effect has been heightened mm. by stuff like Twitter or by stuff like um, by stuff like Facebook or stuff like feeds and stuff like social media and Instagram and all sort of stuff. I just thought I was just thought it sort of it, it had a sort of resonance to that. Like the idea that like in some ways people are ending their own lives and you're looking at this stream and it's hard not to feel sad because there's a sense that sadness is not tolerated within those feeds. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry, I'm just rambling at this stage. No, that's okay. That's okay. You're, uh, we, we can cut that out. So let's take a look <laughs> at where it is in the IMDb 250, uh, just to get a sense of like how it's ranked, what we think of it, and what we think of the movies around it. So it's currently at number 128, right? Which, uh, ironically enough, places it right below Chinatown. Oh, wow. Which is a nice little gag. Uh, forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Cloud Town. Yeah. Um, but it's also directly above Pan's Labyrinth. So in terms of what's around it that we've seen, what sort of jumps out at you there that you've seen and you haven't seen around it? I so think? I've seen uh, I've seen Akiru, uh, which is, The Great Escape, Chinatown, and Pan's Labyrinth. Which, I assume which, you've also which, seen Heat, for example. Which are, which are either side of it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen Heat as well. Like, I, I'd put it... What do you think? Like, I'd, I'd be happy with it above some of those. I'd be Would I be happy with it below some of those? I mean, we, we've we just seen this movie, so, so yeah. it's very difficult personally, to judge objectively. Personally, I have a sort of a moratorium on calling a movie a classic for, like, five years after it's released. Mm. Which is, is something that really That's, bothers me about modern uh, film journalism. Because you... Uh, Leonard Maltin... Uh, has the same has the same uh, opinion. So you're in good company. Thank he you. he hates the concept of an instant classic. Yeah, I, it really bugs me when you see all these trailers with like quotes from, and they're not quotes from like fringe fringe critics. They're quotes from like people who should know better, who I'm not going to name, um, because I actually generally quite like their work. But stuff like proclaiming films instant classics, it's it just seems like the height of hyperbole, and I feel like whether a film is a classic or not is judged by the the standing of its standing in time. Yeah. Like, Inside Out, I adore, and I love Inside Out, and it was my second favourite film of 2015. In fact, uh, the only film of 2015 I liked more than it was Mad Max, oh. uh, which is also on this list, by the way. Uh, is Mad Max lower or higher? Mad Max is lower. Shows what you know. It shows what I know. Um, but I do uh, I do think that it's great. I'm not sure that I place it, like, as highly as, say, Pan's Labyrinth, or Heat, or Chinatown, or Great Escape, or Ikaru. Or my neighbor Totoro. I mean, in in some ways, it's it's more accessible. Oh, it is. than Pan's Labyrinth and Akira. Yeah, I, which I, are which are which are both great movies. Uh, but would never make the Mooney Family Christmas movie. No. Um. Plus, it's also it's also perhaps as profound. Um. In some ways, yeah. as 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 both of those movies. Yeah. Like I mean, it 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 ha uh, like Pan's Labyrinth and Akiru. Um, it has a very weighty uh, message. It's easy to follow. Like even exactly. if you're even if you're not particularly engaged, it's, it's not a difficult movie. No, even though it has uh, big ideas. Yeah, and I think that yeah, that's one of the things about it. like it is it is basically a caper adventure film hmm. at its core. Like it has these big themes about sadness and and happiness and like this idea of the interplay of complex emotions inside a child's mind, which sounds really boring when you say it like that. But it's also a film about two friends who have to adventure through a wild wasteland together, trying to get home. Yeah. Um, and I think that it is... It, it, it's so it's so intercut with these tonal shifts. Like the... the I think the triple dent gum. Uh, <laughs> Which thing, is just a brilliant recurring gap. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I, th- I think it came along just just at a point where, like, all, all, her... 
her personality was was slowly being eroded, and I had just I, I I just finished wiping the tears from my face. Yeah, no, it is. It's a moment where um where where yeah, where basically anger has decided to steal uh, the credit card. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Where did we see it last?" He pushed the button, and then triple dead go. <laughs> <laughs> I I I, th- I think I think it first comes up when I I at. Um, as she's just about to, she's talking on Skype with her friend. Yeah, and she's humming it to herself. Yeah, as well. yeah, and and then and then she loses her her uh, friendship, friendship island. island. Yeah. yeah, and it is. There's this wonderful sort of shift between the two, and I mean, even there are just even great lines like like anger. Lewis Black has has a number of fantastic lines um, where it is like uh, you know, congratulations, San Francisco, you've managed to ruin pizza. First, it was the Hawaiians. Um, <laughs> Or these are my kind and of people. And it's his delivery. Yeah. Like, the, anyone who knows uh, Lewis Black from... Well, I, I guess from, 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 from Lewis Black's uh, stand-up, but also f- uh, probably more well-known from, from his time on uh, Jon Stewart, will, 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 will have a good appreciation for, for, for his angry rants. Yeah. Which is, is perhaps perfect casting, really. Yeah. But anyway, so with that in mind, then, we're sort of... We're both, like... I'm I'm agnostic about where it is. I think it's great. I would personally rather have waited a bit longer to sort of rank it up against Chinatown and Heat and The Great Escape and My Neighbor well, Totoro. Time will tell. Time we, will we've tell. seen we've seen which uh with movies Rogue One for example that, that which was our uh, first movie that we covered that dropped out. To be honest, let's sort of take a look at at how it's sort of tracked because it is it did very well initially. Like it came yeah. in at at fifty three, the fifty third best movie of all time, shortly after its release. It hit a high of the 40, uh, 46th best movie of all time, a month after it was released on the, the 1st of July, 2015. And it's been sort of trending downwards since. It's like, kind of on a plateau at the moment. It, I think people have decided... This that, is about that, right. ...that it's about right. Because, I mean, to be honest, like, plateauing at 128 is not a bad thing. It's not no. like, for example, we were looking at Rogue One, where Rogue One was constantly trending downwards. Yeah. Um, and I suspect, like, something like, say, La La Land... Uh, will be on an equivalent trajectory. Yeah, because it, it 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 actually had the exact same arc where it came in at thirty, rose up to twenty three, and it's currently about forty ish. Yeah. So I suspect that you'll see La La Land plateau about seventy ish for a little yeah. while. Yeah. Like um, Leon is uh, is is very high. Yeah. Leon for, and and um, gives gives. Gives a suggestion that 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 it might stay around there. In fact, this went up. Uh, Leon is sort of like well, Leon. First of all, is one of the films that has like a hundred percent retention rating. It has never been off the two fifty. To pick an example, but it's been down and it's been up at its lowest though. It was at ninety eight. Yeah, it's uh, always in the top one hundred. It was and always in the two fifty. Yeah, and basically, it's it's sort of it trailed gradually upwards. But since like twenty since twenty fourteen, it's been in the top thirty. Uh, which is yeah, is that um like. It, Leon is almost at the point uh, we've spoken about the movie and, yeah, and, we have actually and, discussed and, it. and its problems. Yeah. Um, but it seem it seems to be if we if we look at <laughs> if we look at the chart, uh, it would seem to be a safe bet that okay, that's uh, almost a, a modern or a contemporary a classic. classic. Yeah. Though to be honest, it did take a bit of a dent after we released our podcast. It We're, did. We'll take credit for that. Mm. Uh, we knocked it a whole place down. But uh, I, this is from two guys who are actually lovely. Yeah. Uh, despite his problems. So then, mind, will we segue gently to the in-and-out chart? Let's. It's not what you think. It isn't. It's the inside-out chart. So let's take a look at what's what's in and what's out since the last time we recorded, uh, which actually, to, to I'm surprised, isn't that much, to be honest. Um, so what's come in? We've had two movies come in, and we've obviously had two movies go out because it's the 250. Um, so, for example, coming in, we've had Manchester by the Sea. 
Yeah. Which great. we talked about. We've released. We really, really liked. And also coming in, we've had uh, Kahani, which I believe is, oh, this has been in and out as well. This has been like at the height of its, it popped in last year in June at 117 and has then sort of dropped out pretty sharply. It's an Indian film in, in Hindi. Um, it is basically, oh, it popped in, it actually just popped in today. Uh, it's a pregnant woman's search for her missing husband, takes her from London to uh, Kolkata, but everyone she questions denied having ever met him. I think we've talked about this before, actually. I think we may have. I've got a sense of deja vu talking about this. There's, there, 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 we, we have a lot of Bollywood movies coming in and out. Yeah, and a number of Turkish ones as well, which is surprising. We haven't landed on one yet. Yeah. Because I would actually love to see one and sort of talk about one. Um, and to we're, make we're gonna we're gonna find out soon if if if, if that's it's next the case. week. Um, although to be honest, we also have some other spoilers in there as well. But we'll talk about those in a moment. Um, in terms of say what dropped out to make room, the Imitation Game, which has been popping in and out for what seems like forever, um, which is is a terrible it's a terrible Best Picture nominee. It's not a good film in general. I haven't seen it. Don't feel inclined to. I'll, um, I'll, based I'll, on my, people, my strong recommendations of it. Yeah. Oh, not just yours. That, 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 as, as much as I respect your opinion, it Thank wouldn't you. be enough to put me off. Thanks, then, Andrew. Uh, I have other people that I respect, including <laughs> Darren, who, who, who've, who've given it a pass. Who've sort of railed who against seen it. Yeah, the imitation game. And also Pirates of the Caribbean, Curses of the Black Pearl, which was out last time we talked, seems to have come back in since and also dropped out again. Uh, which that's is, the first one, right? That's the good one. Yeah. Yeah. As much as any of them are. Well, they, to be fair, it is a good one. It's just, I'm not sure it's like one of the best films of all time. No. In terms of other films that have sort of been dropping, like we're getting... It's, the, it's good considering it was based on a, 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 a theme park, park ride. ride. It's much better than The Haunted Mansion. Yeah. And it's probably better than Tomorrowland as well, if is we're being honest. Is there a Space honest. Mountain movie? Uh, no, but there is a Tomorrowland movie. There, Tomorrow, there, Tomorrowland is the zone. There's a Country happened. Bears movie. <laughs> Um, Christopher Walken, of course. Of course there is. Excellent. Um, but anyway, so in terms of stuff that's taken a drop, like we've seen, we were talking a bit about how the, all the Best Pictures have come in, all the Best Picture nominees mm. have come in. Five of the this year's Best Picture nominees and all five of the Best Director nominees have been in the 250, which is quite good. It suggests it's actually a strong enough crop. Yeah. But they're also, they're all dropping very, very sharply. So for example, La La Land has dropped 18 places in the past two weeks. Uh, and it's currently hovering. I said it was about 40. It's actually at 41. So I apologize, Andrew. I lied. I misinformed you. I am very, very sorry for that. Um, you've had Hacksaw Ridge, which we've discussed already. Use that, that, that curse word that I've been storing up. <laughs> I do love that the end where, where Anger gets the, the whole selection of curse words. Yeah, it's just like, the gamut. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you can combine them as well. <laughs> put together like jigsaw pieces. That was my favorite part of like growing up and learning curse language was the fact that you can sort of, you can slap them together. It's like Lego. Yeah. Swearing is like Lego. You didn't really know the severity of them either. You, yeah. you just knew which ones you liked and which ones you didn't. Yeah, and which ones phonetically. Like, yeah. Yeah, how does this sound? Yeah. Um, if I put them together, how does it flow? Does it have a yeah. nice sort of staccato rhythm? How do to people it? react? Yeah. Um, and then sort of gauge. you got to go with your audience, actually. Yeah. You've got to follow your audience. But also down 22 places is Hacksaw Ridge, which we talked about. Uh, which oh, is no. I know. We're both devastated by that because we both loved Hacksaw Ridge from the bottom of our jaded little hearts. No, we didn't. Not we at all. do not watch that movie. No, Mindy Kaling's emotions sort of governed our response to that movie in a great deal, I think. Yeah. Uh, disgust. Uh, also a little bit of fear. Um, and then finally, Arrival has plummeted. Arrival has sunk 45 places um, in the past couple of weeks. It's at 174, uh, which placed it just narrowly above Manchester by the Sea, which is quite remarkable. So I think Arrival's actually fallen much quicker than I thought it would, to be honest. Because it, it had, like, if we look at the, the flow chart for Arrival, 
Oil sort of came in and sort of trailed. It was relatively stable until the middle of January, and then it just plunged. If uh, if if you want to follow um, the uh, the in and out chart, uh, uh, we'll, go to I I am IMDb. We'll uh, we'll put a, we'll put a link in the in the podcast discussion so you can sort of it's, track it. It's 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 fascinating. There's 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 charts and graphs and, and numbers graphs and numbers and context for all these crazy things that Darren keeps saying. All right, so fine, we'll move away from the internet chart. Well, it was my idea. So. It was it was your idea. I actually I find it quite fascinating. My inner statistician finds it quite interesting, and stuff it's like one, one of the five uh, emotions <laughs> in Darren's head is a statistician. statistician. He actually got rid of anger mostly. Um, anger we've sort of shipped away and buried, um, in an unmarked grave. <laughs> Some he's gonna return someday. Yes, it's going to be beautiful. Um, so what we're gonna do then is we're gonna pick the movie that we're going to li- we're gonna watch next week. Now we've not discussed one of the worst one hundred movies ever made in quite some time. So we've added them back into the mix, Andrew. Yeah, and because this was your idea, I, I'm I'm going to be the one to to uh, pull the trigger on the proverbial. Exactly. Gun. All right, so go ahead there, Andrew. Number generator, twist, twist, twist. Give us a movie on this list. Oh, never in doubt. Never in doubt. Good call, Andrew. So what we'll be talking about next time on the 250 podcast. Wow, that's a good one. That is a good one. We're going to be talking about Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. So with that in mind, let's take a look at the trailer and see what we've got in store. Yes, again. I want you to see Psycho the way I originally made it, with every scene intact, the version TV did not dare show. The murderer, you see, crept in here, very slowly across the showers on there was no sound, and See it uncut, intact. No one will be admitted to see it except from the very beginning. Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Rated M. Suggested for mature audiences. Parental discretion advised. All right. Um, so we're going to watch the version of the movie that TV did not air show. Hello. Let, let, let me just pull back this curtain. And, and reveal some strategically edited footage from the film. There's, there's a screaming woman because I pulled back the curtain on her. While she's showering. Uh, which seems like the kind of thing that Alfred Hitchcock would do. Well, yeah, so we had a bit of difficulty finding an original theatrical release trailer. What we did find was a, a trailer that Hitchcock put together for the re-release after it was shown on TV and it was heavily cut. And one of the things that I really like about it is the trailer showcases, like, one of the best parts of the movie which is this idea of, like, cutting strategically. Um, Hitchcock famously, the, the shower sequence is beautiful because it's, it's cut together in such a way that you think you see stuff that you don't see. So Hitchcock sort of comes into this bathroom, pulls back the curtain, and then we cut to the scene from Psycho. Which, which... <laughs> Probably more, more terrifying an introduction than in the movie itself. <laughs> yeah. um, but... What do we have here? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I brought a film crew. I didn't realise you were still in there. Um... But it is. So have we both seen Psycho before? We have. We have. I, I only I only just saw Psycho recently. So did I. Well, I only saw it a couple of years ago. I remember watching it with my gran of all things. Because um, I was going through a bit of a Hitchcock phase. And she confessed that Psycho was her favourite Hitchcock film. 
Um, so we watched it together, which is great fun. Yeah. And it does, it really holds up very well, but we'll, we won't talk too much about it other than to say that we're both very much looking forward to it. And we will be talking about the version that TV didn't dare show. We will. I like how you sound like Alfred Hitchcock and I sound like the announcer from Batman. <laughs> we'll be showing the version that TV didn't dare show. <laughs> um, but anyway, with that in mind, uh, what are we up to at the moment? What are you up to, Andrew? I'm on Twitter at A-Q-U-I-N-N-I-U-Q-A. Um, if you want to do cross plugs i listened to the beginning of making oprah which is the opposite kind of podcast to, to 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 what this is in 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 that it has more than one person with with journalistic credentials involved um it has a person with journalistic credentials involved i think yeah, it's ahead are, of the are you denying you have journalistic credentials because that 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 might disqualify you from from, from some of the events in, into which you're invited fair point i'm gonna leave that i'm gonna leave that unspoken um i'm darren you can obviously you can hit i'm not i'm not uh, john hodgman after all that you can hit me up at uh, at darren underscore mooney um i'm currently i'm publishing a book about the x-files in june so you should hit that up get your local library to publish to to not to publish it although if you can get them to publish it that would also be great uh, but get them to order it in. By the time this podcast released, it may already have been released. The book That's may amazing. already be out. But, um, Congratulations. And you did that while while also being a PC. While also being a PC. Um, I'm not Justin Long. I'm not John Hodgman. You can hit up the show at the 250. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us up on iTunes. You can follow us on Stitcher. Please leave a review. Tell your friends. Uh, if you like it, tell your friends. If you don't like it, tell us. Uh, thanks, guys. Bye.